Hello, and welcome to the Podcast of Power, a She-Ra and the Princesses of Power companion podcast. I am one of your hosts, Nero. And I'm the other host, Jane. And we are nearly done with Season 4, but before we can get to our destiny, we have to sludge through the depths of Beast Island. Yes, indeed, and uh, the sludge is a good descriptor for this because... A lot of this island is just sort of covered in it. Yeah, we'll get to Beast Island as a setting here in a minute, but this episode might be a little bit of a short one because season four kind of has a three-part finale. Like, yeah, we aren't going to be having a spoiler zone uh, because anything we can talk about is going to be in the next two episodes, which we're, we're going to be doing next week uh, as a as a single episode. So, like... We don't have anything to. We don't really have anything to expound upon there. So we're just going to be skipping it this week, and also two questions that we got this week are going to be booted to next week for that reason. But you know, be silent itself. It's quite a juicy episode. Oh yes, it is. This is like it, it establishes quite a lot of uh, of groundwork for destiny, and uh, we we meet we meet some funny guys. Several of them. This is an island full of funny guys so we open on uh you know our our, our trio the the classic best friend squad adora bow and um uh, a horse as they are flying towards beast island uh well they're 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 flying vaguely towards beast island they have to put all of their trust in the gps because they don't actually know what they're looking for yeah hopefully hopefully the uh the first one's sort of google map situation takes them where they're supposed to go and doesn't like you know make them take like three off ramps and go through a weird neighborhood and real quick i wanted to shout out the storyboard team for this episode because this episode looks really good i don't remember it being this like bouncy and rubbery especially in the uh the facial expression you know department so uh charlemagne co who I'm, i think has has appeared on a lot of the best looking episodes of the series uh ivelo ivanchev probably that's how he's probably how you say it sasha much and belinda smith uh good job yeah y'all did a good job on this one i i do really enjoy uh a lot of the the expressiveness that kind of goes on this episode uh especially once we get to uh some of the stuff with the signal uh but that that's that's in a couple of minutes uh for now um they're sort of having a conversation about like you know it's we're listen glimmer will be cool with this right yeah, they're still worried about, you know, going off on their own. Well, Bo is is more worried about it than Adora is. He's still fretting about it. Um, and as he's fretting and pacing, they are uh, sort of dragged down into the ocean as the gravity of Beast Island sort of yanks the ship out of the sky. And so let's talk about Beast Island as a location for a little bit here. Uh, it is from the original She-Ra. From, uh, from what I looked at it, uh, it was just like a big spooky like bone graveyard in the original. Mm-hmm. Here, something that I noticed upon rewatch is that the silhouette of Beast Island, uh, as they land in front of it, looks a lot like a crashed starship. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a boneyard, but in a different sense of the word right this is this seems to be a ship boneyard and uh the way that 
it kind of appears as that there's some sort of really large ship, or maybe like a, a cluster of them, like a group of very large ships, that have all sort of been piled up in the middle of the ocean here, and an island has sort of formed around it, sort of an artificial reef uh, situation here over the past, you know, thousand years or, or whatever. Yeah, I am reminded of uh, the The Force Awakens, the, the shots of all of the crashed Star Destroyers on Jakku, just these ruins of Empire left strewn about the wasteland here. Like... We don't really see much of the first ones as a people. Uh, it's mostly just Mara, and even then very short bursts. But, you know, they were a spacefaring uh, empire. So surely they must have had, you know, big Star Destroyer-class ships. Uh, and this, this is pretty good evidence of it. If I had to guess what happened here, that ship crashed, and they contained the spill, and they just said, well... Why don't we just dump all of our crap here, just out here in the middle of the ocean? Yeah, might as well, right? Like this, it basically is just a super fun site. A big ship crashed, and they con- they contained all of that, and they were like, "Well, instead of just cleaning this up, we're just gonna like use it as a disposal site and keep everything right here." And once we get on to Beast Island itself. It gets stranger still. It's like a just a sort of a desert island covered in these weird techno-organic growths. They kind of look like trees, but they're clearly some sort of strange, like, technology. They're covered in lights. They're all, like, rust brown. Yeah, it's like vines and and tendrils covering everything it seems like ancient first ones technology but they've they really they've corrupted everything they've they've subsumed everything it doesn't look all that dissimilar in fact to the red sort of tendrils that covered the uh the sort of protection when the uh the little red virus disc was still around yeah like it's all of this technology has just been sitting here for who knows how long and slowly melting and corrupting into this weird landscape uh there's like triangle shrubs there's weird glowing things it's a great it's a pretty neat looking locale very very mysterious so our our trio is exploring the door is pretty nervous obviously i mean they all are but Adora is the one who's heard about this this place her whole life a lot of razor sharp guys everything has razor sharp something razor sharp teeth razor sharp claws the razor fins they got razor sharp teeth too yeah not really sure why they're called razor fins but swift wind deals with his anxiety by singing and that uh, swift wind in particular i want to shout out his animation there's a lot of great expressions and flourishes uh he has throughout this entire episode oh yeah he's got he's got a lot of good faces he does like he pulls like a handsome squidward at one point which is really funny there's just lots of good head motions and then the hair swaying around in the breeze he looks great uh the other two pull lots of great faces as well um, and while they're exploring, they come across, you know, the usual thing, a first one's techno-organic monstrosity that uh, tr- attempts to kill them. Yeah, big old bug, big old beetle with like kind of like a bird mouth. It's uh, it's a little scary. It does want to kill them very, very, very badly. Uh, so they're they're trying to run away. Um, unfortunately, Shira, she's uh, she's she's not here right now. You know, leave leave a message at the beep. 
Yeah, bows arrows don't work, and Adora cannot transform into She-Ra no matter how loud she screams for the honor of Grayskull. This is kind of similar to episode one. The creature even looks kind of like the thing they fight in the first episode. It's a different. I think that thing had more claws and also maybe a bigger mouth, uh, but it's the same general color scheme, and, you know, it's a big crab as well. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a callback here, a bit of a callback. Uh, what didn't happen in the first episode is that a mysterious wizard uh, jumps out of the wilds and uh, beats the spider down. Uh, who could this mysterious man be? Uh, could be anyone. Could be anyone. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, maybe this is like Raz's long-lost husband. Well, if so, that'd be kind of awkward, because it's Micah. <laughs> Micah is here, he's alive, he's been alive the whole time. Uh, he managed to survive on Beast Island, despite the island's best efforts. Um, and he, he doesn't quite believe that the three of them are real at first. Yeah. It's been a very, very long time since he talked to anybody. Yeah, to be fair, his only friend has probably been a Wilson-style uh, ball with a face on it. Oh man, I really wish they had it. They gave him some kind of Wilson. Um, may- maybe he already lost Wilson. Maybe maybe he's already gone through that tragic arc of his life. Um, this man has lost everything. So he's a bit odd. Um, he looks very different than when we saw him in the dream. Uh, his hair is long and shaggy. He's not wearing a shirt. He's probably very stinky. Oh, yeah. This man has probably not taken a bath or shower in years. Uh, like, even, like, he's barefoot and, like, the soles of his feet are, like, extra dirty. Like, specifically drawn, like, extra dirty. So he's... He's... He's not doing especially hot. He's he's quite paranoid. He's... He's eating bugs... Yeah, he's he like he's trying to still have, you know, human manners and he's still trying to be like friendly and cordial, but his like he's got some survivor tendencies going on. He he's very like hold on, wait, stop the conversation. I need to hunt this bug real quick and shove it in my mouth. Yeah, like, he just immediately, like, hops onto the ground like a goblin and just grabs it um, in the middle of a conversation. He's, he's been better. And he also doesn't seem to grasp how long he's been here. Because they, they Adora and Bo tell him, oh, we're, we're friends with Glimmer. Um, and in his mind, clearly Glimmer is still, like, five yeah like five to ten like a kid yeah they're like you know Dora and Bo are like you know she's our best friend she's you know she's really really important to us and you know Adora has like an extra line where she's like you know and I I've been I've been trying to to be the hero she needs me to be and I like haven't really been living up to that lately and stuff and Mike is like Ah, uh, you know, that's that's just like her always trying to be friends with the big kids, and he's uh, everybody else is just like, uh. He says, you know, maybe it's been years. Like, quick rough math, Glimmer was probably like very young when he disappeared. Um, whenever the first Princess Alliance collapsed, it's probably been around fifteen years. Something like that, yeah. Because, like, bear in mind, um, Glimmer uh, has before, when when this has come up, talked about how, like, she doesn't really remember that much about her dad. Like, she was very young uh, when he died, and, like, she doesn't really know 
a lot about him. You know, nobody, like, you know, and Angela is not, was, she was not someone who wanted to talk about that too much. And, uh, Castispello might be a little more like forthcoming, but Glimmer also didn't really want to hang around her overbearing aunt, so just not a whole lot of information on the man as as far as she's aware. So so yeah, she she was probably quite young uh, when all that happened. Yeah, and so they 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 tell Micah, well, we're here to find another one of our friends, Entrapta, and he knows Entrapta. Apparently, they had an encounter. Uh, Entrapta stole his food, uh, but only the tiny food, of course. Yeah, he's he's like, oh, yeah, I yeah, I know Entrapta. Like everyone's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, apparently, once as soon as she arrived, she headed towards the center of the island. They're like, all right, well, great. Well, let's just go there. And Micah says, whoa, no, absolutely not. Yeah, he's like, abs, yeah, no way, absolutely, you cannot do that because it turns out at the center of the islands, uh, some of this old technology, these broken beaten up ruins some of them still work and one of the things that still works is some sort of beacon giving off a signal and you know swift one is immediately like oh yeah i've been hearing this I, I i no one else can hear it and he's like yeah so so the deal with this is that uh it gets in your brain it gets in your head it like it it picks at you it it digs at your at your deepest insecurities and fears and pulls them out and and just slowly drains your will to live and he's just like getting more and more like <laughs> he, he's getting so like dire looking while he talks about it he's like i've been listening to it for years it seems, yeah, this is the reason no one comes back from Beast Island. Uh, not only because, one, it's kind of, it, it's very dangerous. It's full of beasts, as the name would suggest. Pretty hostile, yeah. But also, it just, it literally just absorbs you after a certain amount of time. And only someone with very strong willpower, like Micah, he's only, he's only lasted this long because of the drive to escape and see his family again, like... Everyone else, presumably, that the Horde has sent here has been completely subsumed. Um, it's it's a it's a bad place, but they are heading off. They are going to look for Entrapta. So you know, they're talking. Bo and Glimmer. This uh, this episode really starts. Or not Bo and Glimmer. Bonador. The Bonador friendship really starts here. This is where it really starts to shine. Like it was always here, obviously, but this is like this this is where they get like a lot more time. Uh, to really interact with each other and, like, talk about stuff. And they kind of... Bo specifically takes a moment to kind of air out what he's feeling. They're they're both going through it right now. Um, Bo is feeling just miserable that... Like, like, he starts the episode so scared that Glimmer is going to hate them. For, for disobeying orders, for, for leaving her behind. But as it goes on, he starts to think about it, and he's like, well, actually, Glimmer's kind of the one that betrayed us. Like, she hasn't been a good friend. She's the one who hasn't listened to anything we said. Why couldn't she trust me? Why why am I the bad guy for trying to save our friend? And Adora's really not listening too much. Like, she's paying attention, but she's wrapped up in her own situation. And she's she's really concerned about not being able to turn into she-ra and this is making her really think about like you know 
maybe Glimmer's right. Maybe maybe she does ruin everything. Maybe she is completely useless. And and they both kind of they're 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 commiserating over their mutual angst uh, at the moment. Yeah, I'm sure that won't intensify anywhere else in the episode. Yeah, definitely. So they're being stalked through the forest by pukas. Yeah, and that sounds adorable. Who wouldn't who wouldn't love to go see a puka? But uh well. <laughs> so they look cute at first. They they you know, they're the little like cat monkey guys uh with with one big ol' eye. Yeah, kind of like ferrets even. Like well, yeah, they're little ferrets. They have a cute blink noise. It's like a like a like a machine blink. Yeah, it's adorable. Uh and then they open their hell mouth. Yeah, they do open their hell mouth and they do have those razor sharp teeth and they're huge. Like the teeth are like proportionally the size of teeth you would expect on like like a pretty big cat, right? Like a jaguar or something, but they're just shoved into the tiny mouth of this little ferret, this like one foot long ferret. Yeah, so they're they're trying to fight these pukas off. Uh, Bo throws one at Swiftwind, <laughs> who obliterates it with a kick. That thing's dead. That for thing's sure. dead, but uh, Swiftwind, being a horse, you know, gets a little bit spooked at having an animal thrown at his. Uh, so he just sort of runs off. He may be a, a magical talking communist horse. He's still a horse. He's still a horse, and horses are, uh, if nothing else, some of the more easily spooked of the animal kingdom. So the they, he runs off. The rest of them pursue. Uh, you know, they run after him, pursued by the pukas. Uh, there is. I would like to shout out a very funny scene. This episode is very is pretty funny in a much darker way than most Shiraz are. Like this is a, this is a sort of more uh, darker brand of humor uh, than the show usually goes for. Obviously, since it's dealing with Beast Island and Micah, you know we're we're doing like isolated for decades, you know castaway type jokes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, but one of them is is they're they're hiding from the pukas and like and it goes like, well, surely they are like cute, right? And it just cuts to a door who does like a very a very quick silent like shake of the head. And Bo's like, oh, they have sharp teeth, huh? And she like nods. Yeah, yeah. She's just like, she's she's experiencing. Uh, basically, imagine if when you were a little kid, like your parents told you about the boogeyman and like and like the monster under your bed and and, and stuff like that, right? But then, like as an adult. Uh, you have to go to the island where the boogeyman comes from, and it turns out the boogeyman, uh, there's like five million of them. They're way worse, and they want to kill you so bad. Yeah, she's just living through all of the ghost stories Shadow Weaver told over the years right now. Um, while they're running, she de- like they're, they're talking, and like they're, they keep mentioning stuff about Glimmer. You're like, oh, she's using your staff. You know, she's out in the field, and... and um, Micah is starting to put together that maybe he's been gone longer than he thought. Yeah, he's like, wait, 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 what is she doing out in the field? That's, that's way too dangerous. What are you talking about? Um, and that is when they, as they're chasing swift wind, the pukas suddenly fall back for some reason. And that is because they have stumbled into a scene from the never-ending story. Yeah, a little bit. So... So, there is a huge swamp 
covered in vines all over the floor, hanging from these weird techno-organic trees. Um, and the signal has been getting stronger and stronger as they moved on. Swiftwind is reacting really badly to it. He is, like, kind of wilting underneath it. Uh, and they start wrapping around him and, like, dragging him to the forest floor. Yeah, he just, like... It's, it's less that they're even dragging him down. It's they're they're, like, sapping him of his of his energy and like his will to to continue standing and he sort of just lays down of his own volition because he can't keep going he just all the color drains from his eyes and he's just despondent and like the the vines just slowly kind of creep around him like the the vines in this scene the thing about them that's like particularly scary is they're not even particularly forceful like they're very strong and they wrap around you slowly but they don't really have the power to drag you around they can really only just hold you in place it's like the the actual signal itself is is pulling you into a position to let the vines take you Bo gets dragged down next. Uh, he gets like the, the the creepy blank anime eyes, um, and he's like, "We couldn't fix it. We were too late." Uh, the signal is like pulling on all of your fears and insecurities until you just give in to complete despair and give up on escape. That's what happens to everyone. Yeah, like like Adora and Micah are still holding on. They're still trying to get out. Adora's kind of got her her arm with her sword caught up and she's she's holding on to Micah's hand. She's like, "Hold on, we we can get out of this. We just hold on." And and they're both trying to struggle out of it and Adora's trying to convince him to keep going, but unfortunately, Adora she she picks exactly the worst imaginable thing that she could have said in this situation. Yeah, so she says, you have to make it out. You have to come back and help Glimmer be queen. Um, you know, just not thinking. Just yeah, trying to tell Micah, you know, you have to hang on. But upon hearing that, Micah immediately realizes what has happened. Yeah, there's only one reason Glimmer would be queen. There's only one reason that she would succeed the throne, and that's if Angela is gone. And after all that time of being alone on this island, holding out hope that you could one day go and see your wife and child again, and it turns out while you were gone, while you weren't there, your wife gets killed. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get real sad about that pretty fast. I really like that they just let his face do the telling. They he doesn't like go Angela or anything. He he just you see his reaction. You know what he knows. You know what he's realizing. Yeah, like I've said it a billion times, but I'll say it a billion more. the the fa- The facial acting uh, on on the characters in the show is like I I am a really large fan of showing uh, versus telling, and I think that uh, one of the best ways uh, that you can do that is via acting and and expression and they really hit that note very well in beast island i think and adora now all alone you know she's failed she couldn't be shira she couldn't save anyone 
Um, and, and she too starts to succumb to the swamp. But then she remembers something. Yes, she's she has a bit of a flashback, and she remembers she remembers the last thing Angela ever said to her, which was take care of each other. And uh, weirdly, it's not actually like they don't use the 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 voice clip like actually from the episode. They don't use like Angela's voice. It's like. I believe I'm pretty sure it is Amy Carrero who is doing the delivery for Angela here. I think the implication is that like she like Adora is flashing back to this and then she's like she said that like out loud as she's remembering it. Yeah. Is how that feels to me. It's it's a little weird. It's a little I weird. never put it together until this viewing because I always, I knew that like well that was a we- that sounded weird could they just not get the voice actor back in the studio but like you have the archive audio for that. But yeah, once I heard it again, I was like, oh, that's Amy Carrero. Oh, that's Adora, like, reminding herself, remembering what Angela said. Exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, she remembers that. She remembers Glimmer, and she remembers how she she's like, <laughs> once again, Adora, like, her resolve is strengthened. She's like, I will not give up. I'm not a failure. I haven't failed anyone and and that's good that's good good you know good progress unfortunately it's a little bit of a of a two steps forward one step back situation because um the message she takes away once again uh from angela's final request is i promised i would take care of glimmer it's my responsibility to take care of glimmer and it's like adora no it it's not what it's not what she said (laughs) it's not what she said we talked about that a couple weeks ago uh yep still a still a thing you literally said what she said you literally repeated what she said she's still she's like she's still so wrapped up in the concept of like because like because like what is she feeling throughout this whole episode right she's feeling like a failure like she wasn't strong enough like she's she messes everything up she can't do the duty that she needs to do uh, that everyone is expecting her to do. And the way that she pulls herself out of it is saying, no, I can do that duty. I am strong enough to do it. And it's like, it, it's it's like, yes, that, that is enough motivation to keep you going, but it's not actually the correct motivation. It's not the motivation that she needs to have. It's, it's, um, it's, it's the misplaced motivation that we don't, she she doesn't get to resolve that yet she's uh she's still she's still operating under under the weight of of the atlas here she has not yet uh taken taken the earth off her shoulders the power of her love for her friends and dedication to protecting glimmer uh allow her to overcome the mental blocks the that were preventing her from becoming she-ra not the island it was herself, uh, and she has a big AOE and destroys all the vines. Yes, which is great. Uh, you know, gets gets everybody res. They're all they're all up. Uh, and she has like a healer LB three, and they get into this like really cool kind of like poster style action pose. It's pretty sick. Um, and all the pukas run away, and Bo's like, "Yes, we're the best. We're the greatest. We scared them all off." They were in from something. There's something trundling through the forest, a big, heavy thing, uh, kind of a kind of a gorilla-shaped, robot-esque thing, and it stops in front of them. They get ready for a bigger fight, but then it starts opening up, and there's someone in the cockpit wearing a weird 
bug mask, and it's Entrapta. And it's Entrapta, and she's like, oh, the princesses, I saved you. And, well, kind of, yeah. You did. Um, well, we'll get back to her next week, but that's not the only stuff that happens on this in this episode. Oh, no. We've got, we've got more content yet. So while Adora and Bo were dealing with the trials and tribulations of Beast Island... Uh, Glimmer has been trying to speak to the manager. Yes, yeah, so so Glimmer walks up to the Crystal Castle, kind of kind of barges her way in. You know, there's a closed sign outside. She is not listening to that, uh, and she starts just shouting, demanding to speak uh, to Light Hope, who is deliberately ignoring her. But Glimmer's been around the block a couple of times here. She knows that Light Hope is listening. And she's like, oh, okay, you know, you, you, you don't want to speak to me? Well, I'm going to make you speak to me. And she does like a little a little uh, ground tappy tap, does like a big uh, magical AoE. And so Light Hope is like, hmm, no. And she calls up the uh, spider mall cops to escort her off the premises. The spiders are back. Security spiders, my favorite recurring bit. It's so, Light Hope loves to make spiders to try and kill people. Um, but Glimmer is not going to, like, you know, be scared by some giant techno-organic spiders. No, no, no. She's going to fight them off. She's, she's entered, like, a horde mode situation here. Um, and she is going to blast and whack these spiders until the Crystal Castle's, like, energy reserves are exhausted. Or until she is eaten by a spider, whichever one comes first. Yeah, these spiders are, like... She's leveled up a few times since she's uh, she's been in here dealing with spider bots and uh, Light Hope's security system just ain't really up to snuff here. Oh right, I forgot. I forgot she has dealt with the spiders before. Yeah, no, this is this is not the first time that Glimmer has fought spider bots, but now she's got quite a little bit more. Uh, more power on her side yeah so she is wiping the floor with these guys and she's getting more and more frustrated uh until she's like all right listen i'm you know adora has left me i mean us left us it's nothing personal i'm not i'm not taking it personally who's mad i'm not mad she's convinced that the heart of a theory is a bad thing but i know i can use its power for tremendous good all i want is to know how to use it and light hope says oh Oh, uh, why don't why don't you just say so? Oh yeah, no, she she's like Im- like immediately as soon as she she's like I want to use the magic at the heart of Etheria. All the red like warning lights uh, switch off. The lights come back up, and Light Hope is like, hmm, yeah, temporary administrator clearance uh, given. Uh, come on over here, and so she she walks down the the glowy hallway and gets into like the main sort of control room that we usually see her in. And Light Hope at first is like a bit hesitant. She's like, you know, the Crystal Castle is only for She-Ra and her steed. You are trespassing. This is this is not how this is supposed to be happening. But Glimmer's like, listen, Adora is not willing to do what needs to be done. I am. I will use the heart of Etheria, and I will save the planet. And Light Hope is like, you know what? Maybe this is the path. She-Ra is compromised again. And I need to set off this big old doomsday bomb. But but this lady's willing to do it. So you know what? Yeah, okay. And she proceeds to basically tell Glimmer, 
dramatically more information she's than she's ever told Adora about what her mission actually is, and also does it so expediently. It's so, like, Light Hope has been so cryptic and so, like, oh, uh, you know, you have to balance the planet, but I'll never tell you what that means. But Glimmer is just like, yeah, what does balancing the planet means? And just instantly, uh, there's a PowerPoint presentation about how, like, oh, yeah, you just need to get all the princes connected to the runestones, easy peasy. Uh, go hit up uh, Scorpia real quick and get her attached to that garnet, and then we'll be good to go. Yeah, she just tells her, yeah, Scorpia is the one, the missing piece. Scorpia is the key. Uh, if you get her connected to the Black Garnet, you can use the Heart of Etheria. There's a lot of spooky shots of Glimmer's face, you know, in the in, in Light Hope's glow. You know, she's she's grinning throughout this whole sequence. Like, it's bad vibes. Um, because she is still under the full, like, oh yeah, well, Light Hope is the good guy. and I'm getting the information that will help us win the war completely utterly blind to the fact that why is light hope just telling me everything i want to know when like everything i've heard about light hope is that she's cryptic and doesn't say anything what's up with that weird i guess i did just have to ask nicely that's it yeah exactly she's like oh i guess asking nicely is fine i guess this is see listen you know adora worries too much light hope is so nice she can't be the bad guy she's just she's helping me you know do everything she's she gave me a powerpoint presentation she gave me admin privileges i mean like nice nicest lady this side of the this side of windows you have to wonder if she withheld so much information from adora because she wasn't strong enough to like act as a conduit for heart of a theory yet or because she knew Adora would react very poorly to the idea of it. I I think that, like, it's probably a combination of the two. I imagine, like, of course at the time, Scorpia is uh, a horde officer. She's in the middle of the fright zone. It's going to be a little bit difficult to convince her to accept her destiny at the, at the start of the show here. So I imagine... A lot of it was mostly Light Hope trying to train her so that she could bust into the uh, the Fright Zone and kind of reacquire the Garnet and Scorpia so that uh, that all this could go down. I just remember she had Adora fix that watchtower that Mara destroyed. Ah, uh, yes, she did. To restore her planetary surveillance capabilities so that she could know where the missing piece was. Very, yeah, it was a very, very important aspect of this. You know, she had to... It's one of the things that, that Mara presumably blew up in her uh, in her ship rampage she, she went on immediately before dying. They, I think they explicitly say that Mara destroyed it. Like, that whole... Uh, the whole plot, like, that's from uh, Ties the Bind. Uh, great episode. And uh, they were... Like, that was explicitly about... Adora grappling with Mara's legacy, uh, then still as the like great betrayer and the person who put them all in this mess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, some might say that 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 Watchtower stuff is a little bit fillery. Adventures with Swiftwind, foolish, not the case. No, yes, it does. It does all come home to roost, and it turns out it was it was pretty important for her to be able to uh, to tell exactly where where Adora needed to go. But the other half of it, uh, I think, is that beyond just, like, the logistical end of, you know, Adora needs to be strong enough to, like, knock down Hordak's front door, there's also the 
the other angle of it too where it's like you know she can't trust that adora isn't going to react like mara you know she's not she doesn't know enough about adora yet to be able to determine that she's not going to also go rogue on her so she's she's gonna keep her information pretty close to the chest yeah uh but that's where the episode ends with uh, Light Hope pointing Glimmer towards Scorpia. And uh, next week, we will be hitting Destiny Parts 1 and 2 in our big two-parter season finale episode. Oh, yes. It's a big one. That's gonna That, may, that might be another one that, that scratches or surpasses the two-hour mark. Almost certainly. It's going to be a doozy. There's, like, there's genuinely so much to talk about as far as just, like the themes of the season uh where they go how like how the characters are dealing with all of this like we're we're gonna we're gonna be hitting basically all of the principal characters in in the in those in those episodes so look forward to that so we got some questions uh as i said at the at the top uh we we will be hitting a curious cat question and the twitter question we got next week uh, so, you know, at Casey Cosmos, we'll be hitting your question on Twitter next week. Uh, but she does have one on Curious Cat here, and she says, Apologies if these have been asked before. I'm still catching up on the show. In the Snow episode, you joked about being asked your gaming opinions of the show. So here I am asking you, what games slash genres would the characters be into uh, in an AU were Entrapta manufactures gaming consoles. Ah, yes. Well, I mean, first off, first off, we all know what console Entrapta would make. That's the GameCube. The GameCube. The perfect, the, the smallest uh, console, the, the most beautiful. Tiny discs. Tiny discs. Purple cube. It's got a convenient handle. It's the perfect console. Uh, genre. Now, this is. I like a question like this because it lets me just go down the whole, uh, the list. Because I got, I got some ideas about what what video games these characters would play. Uh, Glimmer. Uh, Glimmer is very impatient. She's very, uh, irritable. She's a COD girl. She likes them first person shooters, the twitchy ones, the like very fast paced ones. Oh yeah, 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 no, no, no. Glimmer is definitely like a Twitch shooter kind of person. She's playing Valorant. She's playing CS:GO. She's playing all of that stuff. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Bo, I think Bo would play those really fiddly factory Sims, like Satisfactory, Factorio, all of that stuff. Oh yeah, like he he would be really into that. Like as as a little kid. You know Bo was on that Pajama Sam Sock Factory. Either that or, like, adventure games. You know, Monkey Island, fun pirate adventures, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if we're talking about Monkey Island. I mean, we know who played Monkey Island. Seahawk. Seahawk mm. played that shit on Monkey Island. I think Monkey Island might be too clever for Seahawk. I mean... Eh, maybe not. He, he, it probably took him a while. It probably took him a now, bit, but, like... Obvi- obviously, Bo and Seahawk have Sea of Thieves nights. That's obviously what's going on there. Oh yeah, they, for they sing sure. their shanties. They go on. They 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 hunt for their treasure. Naturally. Uh, who's like the who's like the strategy game player? Like the gut answer for me is Entrapta, but like 
I think realistically for Entrapta, I feel like she would probably be more into like... She's into like Zachtronic stuff. She's into the games that basically turn into their own programming language. Yeah, like Opus Magnum and stuff like that, right? Quadrilateral Cowboy. Oh, for sure, for sure. The really, really crunchy, hard sim stuff. Yeah. She would be into, like, Hard Space Shipbreaker. Yeah, yeah. I think, honestly... It's Catra. Catra is the one who plays strategy games. It's Catra. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, Catra is the one who plays, like... She's, like, the Civ gamer. She's, like... She's out here booting up Europa Universalis and running around, like, just map painting. Catra makes long Korea. Catra makes long Korea. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Who's the fighting gamer? Uh, I'm, I'm the one who's, who's, who's qualified to answer that one. Yeah. What's your opinion? Cause my opinion, as much as, as much as I know Frost is the Fortnite gamer, I feel like Frost would also be a fighting gamer. Yeah. Um, I think she would want to, but she just gets too salty. I think it's Natasha. Oh my God. Yeah. It's Natasha. Natasha plays fighting games. She's big into Tekken. She's big into like that kind of kind of stuff. I bet Spinnerella also plays fighting games. They can't play each other. They just get too salty. <laughs> Someone's sleeping on the couch. Yeah, it's just just like it's similar to board game night. Uh huh. It's a it's a bloodbath. Uh, let's see. Perfuma plays like very peaceful sort of meditative walking sim games or stuff like flower and journey yeah like flower like journey like flow like uh edith finch i think is like a pretty good one right yeah just very meditative very like just going along the path of a story and having it happen to you She's she's very much about that. Mermista. Mermista. Well, I mean, she loves like a, a nice detailed storyline. She she likes she likes a mystery, uh, oh, yeah. you know, a who done it. So I'm thinking I'm thinking she's she's like a, she's like a nine 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 kind of person. Oh yeah, she's playing she's playing nine nine nine. She's playing uh oh, Zero Time Dilemma. That? What's the one with the Date? What's that one called? How have I forgotten that one? Oh, that's uh AI the Somnium Files. Yeah, AI the Somnium Files. All of that all of the all of that guy's work. Uh you know, the she's like she's a big fan of that visual novel on that on that Umineko beat, I'm sure. Yeah, she's that's definitely her bag. Do we have a rhythm gamer? Do we have like an Osu superstar? Mmm, Double Trouble. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, Double Trouble. Okay, Double Trouble is the person who like you go to the you go to the arcade and Double Trouble is the person on the um on the on the drum game who's just obliterating it with no effort. Yeah, it's either it's either Double Trouble or Catra. I could also see playing some other games and Adora too. Honestly, now Adora, we got what about Adora? Uh, Is she just the like the most normie possible gamer? Just buys Madden and FIFA every year for oh my the new God. console. She's like the she's the jock gamer. She uh-huh. plays FIFA. She plays like Football Manager. She's she's out here like doing like like uh, like fantasy football absolutely maybe she dips her toes into like your ubisoft open worlds or your bioware rpgs the like but that's that's the that's the most she gets she looks at what catcher plays and just shakes her head doesn't get this at all 
Yeah, she just doesn't get it. She's she's not smart enough for all that. Does Hordak game? I feel like I feel like Hordak. Is he an RTS guy? Yeah, yeah. No, he's no. See, like I, maybe yeah, he likes to be thing the things from afar. But like I could also see him. Not picture this. Not picture this. Way into Kerbal Space Program. <laughs> Just sort of. <laughs> this is his like when he's feeling when he like wants to be even more depressed than he already is. I I would watch Hordak and Entrapta's LP channel where they just like make uh, Kerbal disasters. Yeah, yeah, they they make Kerbal disasters, and also he has uh, a let's play of every. <laughs> nod route in every command and conquer game ever made absolutely that's the only one he plays he won't touch gdi who's left obviously we covered frost she fortnite gamer chug jug rap all of this oh yeah exactly she makes the chug jug rap oh my god is frost's voice actress on cameo oh man <laughs> no we can't we can't we can't use the patreon money for something so frivolous but what if we did no <laughs> All right, we got to talk about Scorpio is the last one remaining, I think. What about Scorpio? Scorpio is like Nintendogs. Oh, she cries over the Nintendogs. She plays like, she owns like the Sonic Adventure games, but she only cares about like the Child Garden. Uh, That's all of the video game opinions. I think they're all 100% accurate and no one can find any fault in them. Yeah, no, I think I think we hit the nail uh, on, on several heads here. Um, the next thing, uh, I'll just go like, we'll go, we'll go like bottom top. Uh, anonymous Curious Catcher user uh, says, hey y'all, love the podcast. Thank you. Uh, two questions. Uh, first, what's the deal with Hordak's devil baby spy guys? They just sort of, or sort of disappear after Horde Prime comes into the picture. Uh, second, do you think we'll get a She-Ra movie or some sort of continuation? They set up for it a little bit, but, uh, haven't seen any news on that business uh that's all i've got thank you uh and thank you for sending in the question all right so on the first note that little devil baby is called the imp that's the imp uh he is he is from the original uh in the original 80s show he talked and was a little creep yeah in this one he shorted sort of just has like a like a lilo and stitch style you know put the put the fingernail on the record player situation presumably those guys are failed clone bodies of his or like i don't even think it's those guys i think it's just one of them yeah i think we went over this before it's it is like the there's only one imp we are aware of that is like out of a tube like there's a few floating around in some tubes but i don't know that any of them are like i don't know that any of them have bodies good enough to be outside those tubes no, but uh, I get. I guess technically the imp is his like son, <laughs> sort of his brother son. His terrible little clone brother son who both helps and hates him. Yes, just sort of a sort of a familial animosity between the two of them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't remember him after. He has a brief cameo in season five, but yeah, he pretty much disappears after this season because, like, the storyline moves away from it. Let's say without getting into much of anything. Yeah, yeah. As for the Shira movie, uh, that's tricky. I think there's a good chance it 
could happen. I don't know when. Many involved have said that they wanted to make it, but, like, that's up to DreamWorks, unfortunately. Like, I think it could... Like, I'm not... Keep your hopes up. I think it's in the realm of possibility, but there's really been no concrete news. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It seems like Shira has like done well for itself. I don't, I don't really have that much of like a good grasp of how like Netflix popularity translates to like a show doing well. And I don't think a lot of people do because you know it's just like it's very different from the way that like a syndicated television show kind of makes its money. Or, or, like, even considers itself having done well. So, I don't know. I, I imagine that it did well enough that a movie isn't out of the question. Uh, definitely a lot of people were really into the concept uh, who were behind the show. But uh, but I guess we'll see. There are people on Twitter who are doing, you know, tweet campaigns about it to show that there is interest. Uh, like, I'm sure they know at this point that there is interest. And we just have to give it time. Like, Netflix has done these finale movies in the past, but most of those have been for older shows, like Rocco's Modern Life and Invader Zim, which never really got their proper finales. That's true. So it's possible if there's going to be, like, a continuation movie, you know, we might be waiting a little while to get it. You know, bear in mind, the show only ended last year, so it, it, it might take a grip for us to get there. And, of course... You know, bearing in mind, uh, the situation with everything right now makes it really difficult to actually pull off, you know, producing any media at all, let alone like a, like a movie. So, you know, fingers crossed, but it might take a second. Also, I think there's a Lumberjanes show happening at some point, maybe. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely in the works. So, you know, uh, Noelle's got... Got some stuff on their plate, for sure. Until recently, they had the Nimona movie, but oops. Pour one out. The mouse took that one out behind the shed. All right. Uh, next question here. Uh, let's do another another grab all, another fun one. Hi. So I wanted to ask a more fun question that does not relate to the episode, but what do you think, uh, what major the characters would take in college? I think we might have been over this a little bit earlier uh, in a past episode, but like the cast has expanded. Yeah, the cast has expanded. Uh, I feel like Bo would definitely be like an engineering student. I think like like probably probably computer engineering, like computer science. Um, Adora. Mm, Adora. <laughs> Adora, it's hard to say, right? Because, like... I honestly don't know if she would be going to college. It seemed... If she would be, I think it would be on some kind of sports scholarship. Yeah, right? Like, a sports scholarship to college. Like, she's, she's like, a, a footballer. So, I don't know. I guess maybe she would just... You know, she might do, like, the classic thing that everybody always tells you to do. Like, oh, just take a business major if you don't know what you want to do. And she just sort of, like... She's like, okay... <laughs> Mermista is a literature major. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like creative writing, literature, like that that sort of thing. Um definitely Entrapta is like hardcore like engineering. Uh she's an a she's a, she's an astrophysics. Like she is she is like double major. Double major. Yeah. Double major engineering astrophysics. 
uh, Perfuma. Botany? Organic chemistry. The organic chemistry, and botany, like maybe. Minor in psychology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a minor in psych. Uh, probably Scorpia. Scorpia would probably be a psych major. Oh my god, that's very funny to imagine. Like, I think, I think Scorpia, like, deciding to be, like, I don't know, like, a counselor, or, like, just somebody who, like, like works with people and is just, like, very nice. I don't know. That, that, that seems like something that she would be down for. Okay, what about Catra? Catra. I mean, like, huh. The thing is, she's really smart, but she has really only applied that for, like, tactician purposes, so... Business major. <laughs> Adora and Katra both go business major. Katra because she like actually like wants to do a business, but Adora's just like eh. Katra wants to be the wolf of Wall Street, clearly. She's gonna be the wolf of Wall Street. Terrible. I have spoken terrible girl boss energy into the world. We have to move on. Uh gotta um Right. So, so the next one, uh, another anonymous, is uh, something about Glimmer's gut-wrenching line of, if you did, my mother would still be here. Oh. Uh, she blames Adora for her mother's death, but consider if Angela didn't sacrifice herself and she wasn't able to save Adora, all the blame would go on her. Glimmer would feel the same about her mother that she does uh, about Adora at this moment. How do you think it would play out? Uh, for one, they wouldn't have found out about the heart of Etheria, and of course, all that's true. I mean, this is yeah. That's one hell of an AU you can write right there. Get on that. Yeah, extremely. Like that's that's some juicy material, and I'm I'm sure somebody's somebody's knocked on on this door a little bit, but uh, but yeah, this is this is quite the AU here. I think like I can only imagine that it would be even more like it'd be more intense. Would well, be a lot more intense. I mean, they, first off, they'd be Shirilis, so that introduces um, problems. Um, and like it, yeah, I think she would definitely be, you know, have these these uh, these emotions uh, on her uh, about her mother. But like, once again, even more intensely, like. And Angela, the the crushing weight of that guilt of what that would do to her. Yeah, like, as if she isn't already constantly guilty about all the other stuff. I mean, for her, it's, like, basically, like, she sent another person off to die, but now instead of her husband, it's, like, this this young lady who had her whole life ahead of her who was her daughter's best friend, and it's, like, Ooh. yeah, I don't know how she would take that, frankly. Like, I don't know that she would be that functional of a person afterwards like that's some that's some potent stuff right there yeah yeah like i don't know that she would break but i think she would be she would not be doing well like she she would absolutely blame herself real hard for that and glimmer's anger at her i think would only drive her deeper into that that kind of despair and i mean all the progress that that the best friend squad made, all the progress Glimmer made with with Angela, like prior to that, to to the portal, right, with like letting up on the reins a little bit, letting letting Glimmer kind of be her own person. I mean, I think all of that would take a complete one eighty. I think she would she she would be like, no, I've gotten so many people killed. 
I will never let you face the same situation. And I think that would just, I think it would just completely destroy their relationship. I don't think Angela would get over this one. She would just be like, she would completely retreat back into her like mode of the the mother trying to protect her her daughter like at the expense of everything else like even if the rest of the alliance falls even if the rest of etheria falls as long as her daughter is still safe that's that's all she cares about i think that's probably how that would go well that's fun uh kind of a dark one that's yeah last curious cat uh i would say on a lighter note but honestly not really um so someone here noticed around the eight minute and 30 second mark that there is a shot of a dragon, uh, presumably a dead dragon, uh, resting on the floor of Beast Island. And if we remember all the way back to the season two finale uh, on that vase, Mara is shown riding a dragon instead of a winged horse, which Adora is deeply jealous of. Yeah, no, she comments like, oh, why don't I get a dragon? And it seems like it's possible this might have been Mara's dragon. Yeah, maybe almost a uh, an Avatar Roku situation, although obviously they did not die together. No, sad, sadly, right? Like, yeah. Uh, Mar- Mara's, Mara's story is so tragic. Like, she really did lose everyone and everything. everything. And then she even her dragon she lost everyone she lost everything she lost her best friend she lost her lover she lost her funny animal companion and you know in the end she thinks of herself as like a horrible failure who wasn't able to stop everything it's her story is so sad uh well luckily next week we'll be tackling lighter material i think uh nope yeah you know destiny part one and two those are those are real real lighthearted episodes just a just a fun romp through the frolicking through the flowers on that one we have a patreon we do it's over uh patreon.com slash pod of power three dollars nets you a whole bunch of uh bonus content we've got our two side podcasts the Kipo cast and the Owl cast, where we watch Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beasts and the Owl House, respectively. Owl cast up this week. Hey, hey, it's Grom Night, baby. It's Grom Night. It's time to go to Grom. And uh, this is this is the funny episode where a bunch of gay shit happens. So I'm quite excited for that, personally. This is, this is the big one. Uh, this is the one that got us to watch this show. Yes, I mean just similar to similar to prom night from from uh, from Shira here. It's I mean how how you know, it's it's the perfect hook. It's the perfect hook. But that's not all. We've also got the Watchtower, a video podcast where we aggregate a bunch of fan content from all over the uh, the internet and celebrate it and show it off. The the cream of the crop, hand selected this month. Uh, it's going to be Glitra themed. Good old Glitra. So your uh, your rivals to lovers fans uh, tune in for that one. It's probably going to be spicy. Almost certainly going to be spicy. You want an angsty ship? Well, we got we got that we got that primo angst content uh, coming up. We've also got She Riffs, uh, where we watch uh, old episodes of the '80s cartoon and make jokes over them. So. 
I'm thinking this month we're gonna do two because we missed out last month. Yeah, yeah, we can. We'll we'll do we'll do two of those of those funny riffs. I was thinking we can do the Seahawk two-parter where Catra is jealous over Adora and Seahawk because that just seems like a nightmare timeline. Oh my god, that is a nightmare timeline. Yeah, okay. Hellish. Yeah, that's that sounds that sounds perfect. Keep we'll, an eye we'll out for those, that. I guess. If yeah, you keep want your eyes to. peeled. Uh we got uh, we got a bunch of other stuff, bonus content. Uh we did the the Fire Princess episodes, that sort of thing. Uh, we're coming up on the uh, stretch goal to do a uh, TTRPG one-shot of the sort of She-Ra firebrand tack for the honor. So uh, if you're if you're a fan of tabletop gaming, uh, then you know maybe maybe consider throwing us a dollar or three. That's right. We're almost there. So that's a fun game. Uh, of course, you can also find us on Twitter at Podcast of Power. Follow us, keep track of all the updates, uh, send us questions. Uh, we, you know, got an email. Our email episode is coming up. Boy, howdy. It's coming up. It's, it's in fact, the one immediately after the next one uh, due to the way the seasons work. And if you want to send us something, you know, nice, nice juicy email, it's going to be uh, pot of power at gmail.com. We're already building up quite the boulder of emails for that one and of course the other the other thing you get if you donate at three dollars at our patreon you get shout outs in every episode yes you do so thank you to our force captains emma lynn ashley butcher autumn keys anelia cody Haley moreland yusuf gurch ashley kyra williams mabel mabel ryan coon jennifer jones Jess Pumphrey, Leon Lay, Sean Montgomery, Jack O'Neuro, Olivia, Brittany Ray, Michael Steinert, Tara Stark, TCO, Brennan Fitzgerald, Tobu, Emma Grossman, and Robert Harris. Thank you very much. And if you want to hear more of me, you can find me over at Disney Minus Pod uh, on Twitter. Disney Minus is the show. I co-host with some pals. I fill the grumpy grouse uh, seat on that one. We watch Disney movies that are on Disney+. Plus. Latest episode was on Bambi. Eh, movie's alright. A lot of frolicking, though. Sure do do some frolicking in that movie. Next up is uh, Zootopia, and I'm going to have a lot to say about that one. Oh, boy. So look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, look forward, to, look forward to that one. Um... But for now, I, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Once again, no spoiler zone because uh, we're saving all that that content for for Destiny 1 and 2. But uh, so until next week when we when we face God and walk backwards into hell, I have been one of your hosts, Nero. And I've been the other host, Jane. And we'll see you on the other side of Podcast Spondos.